Welcome to Prime Marriage Podcast, where we put marriage first. Hey, welcome to Prime Marriage Podcast. We are so happy that you have joined us today. I am one of the co-hosts, as my husband so gingerly pointed out last week. Uh, My name is Brandy, and I'm here with my husband, Chris. Yo, yo, yo! You are in a mood. I am in a mood. I don't know why. We don't usually record at night. Oh, so you're like more yourself at night? Is that what you're trying Uh, to say? Well, I'm just not as mellow. Not as mellow. I'm not as mellow. You know what? Our listeners might enjoy that side of you. Well, don't get used to it. (laughs) (laughs) Per our schedule. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So how has your week been? Speaking Uh, of schedules. Busy. Um, After our conference week before last, this last week has been busy. Just playing catch up and getting stuff done. And it's it's been good. Good. How about you? Uh-huh. Hit the ground running. Yes, you did. So it's been, we're entering into another busy season, but it's going to be a good season. We are. It's I've actually right. gotten pulled into your world a little <laughs> bit on several things that we got going on. So yeah, it has been busy. You we have right. tag teamed, haven't we? Yes, we've had yeah. to. So um, what do you want to talk about this week? Well, let's talk no. about... I said, <laughs> let's <No>. talk... <laughs> <laughs> and I said, <laughs> I'm no. have to get more forceful with this, <laughs> No, we are actually talking to a really good friend of ours. Um, her, and, her and her now husband are simply amazing. They, are, they have led our um, marriage group uh, at our church um, for married couples. And actually, it wasn't even just for married couples. It was a, we've referred to this class multiple times, mm-hmm. um, marriage apps. And they have led it for many, many years. Um, and so we, um, she has, she walked a path that not a lot of people that we know have walked. That's true. She um, became a widower. Widow. A, a wit. Widower is for men. Correct. Okay. Yes. She became a widow mm-hmm. um, at the age of thirty-five. Right. At the time that this occurred she was a mom of two young children um and had to walk that that life out and so she kind of goes through and explains it um and kind of i learned some stuff from it and she talked about how she made it through yeah so as you can tell this the interview we've already done and so we're just kind of coming back in to kind of talk about it because it was pretty powerful yeah we wanted to introduce it. it just going through dealing with grief and dealing with the loss of a spouse, it's something that we never think about. We never think that is ever going to happen, um, but it does. It yeah. does happen, and you know, just to hear her story is pretty good. And she is a testament to there is life after loss. Yes. And so um, it was really good to talk to her. Um, she is very rarely without a smile. She is one of the most cheerful people you'll ever meet. Yeah, and her husband is such a sweetheart. Mm-hmm. So, um, so anyway, we hope that you enjoy this interview with Miss Tammy. I always refer to her as Miss Tammy, but her name is Tammy Stewart. And um, yeah. All right, enjoy. 
All right, so we have Miss Tammy Stewart with us. Hello there. Hello. How are you? I am fantastic. We Good. are thrilled to have you on. Thank you so yeah, much. I, you I, are, was, I was thrilled when you asked me. I was honored. You're kind of our guinea pig, though. You're our first special speaker. And you are special. No pressure. Yeah, heavy <laughs> on the special. To say, I'm special. Well, and I'm on every week. Yes, I am you. the gift, baby. Do you not remember that episode? Ah, yeah. And Tammy is a listener. She listens to our podcast. I do. So, but we kind of go back even further. We go back many, many years. Many. We yeah. were even demons together. We were. <laughs> Yeah, which freaked out a lot of people. Really need to define that. (laughs) Right now, a lot of our listeners have raised eyebrows. Yeah, we were in visual arts together, Mm -hmm. um, which is like a performance team within our church. And we, um, for the East, I believe it was an Easter or women's thing. I think it's women's. We got to dress up as demons. Mm. So I've actually seen those pictures. They're quite terrifying. Yes, we played it a little too well. I think Uh, (laughs) we really freaked out some people. Um, we might have tapped into some inner, um, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we have asked Miss Tammy to be here today because we're going to be talking about a very serious thing. And it's something that not a lot of us have experienced in our life. We're actually talking about grief with losing a, a spouse mm-hmm. and widowhood. Yes. So Miss Tammy is going to walk us through and we're going to kind of ask you some questions sure. along the way. Now, how old were you whenever this happened? I was 35 years old. Wow. Yeah. 35. Yeah. Still young. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So why don't you go ahead and we will just stop you as we go. Okay. Sounds great. Um, I was married to Tim Spees uh, young. I was 19 years old. So we kind of grew up together, if you will. And, you know, when you walk down the aisle... You don't think about standing by the casket of your spouse 16 years later. Yeah. You know, that's just not something that enters your mind. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we had 16 years together. Um, we One year at Christmas, a lot of people had uh, the crud. Uh-huh. It was Christmas of 99. And him and I think my son had it, and he just couldn't seem to get over it. And it went on and on, and it, he'd get a little better and then get worse. And and that summer, we were building my quilt shop because um, oh, wow. I machine quilt for people. And he's like, we need to do this. So we were building this little shop in the backyard for me. He could not hardly function. He was so out of breath, just wasn't feeling good. I called the doctor and they said, do you think it's his heart or his lungs? And I'm like, I don't know. But, right. you know I said, for some reason, I'm thinking heart. And they got us in with a heart specialist six weeks out. And I thought to myself, we are not going to make it six weeks, you know. And sure enough, he got so bad, I had to take him to the emergency room. And at nine o'clock at night, they called in a heart specialist. So I knew something was not not good. So just even from the time when you scheduled that appointment, you knew that it was progressing that quickly? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He could not hardly walk to the bathroom without mm. just being so winded. And he was super weak. He was sleeping a lot. And yeah, I knew. I thought, mm, we're not going to make it six weeks. Yeah. And uh, they brought in specialist and told us he has severe congestive heart failure. Wow. And he was 39 years old, you know, and I'm thinking, what? Yeah. (laughs) And told us his heart was pumping out like 10%. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. What a blow. Like, to go from being healthy to where he was was doing work in the backyard. Yeah. 
a, a dad of young children mm-hmm. to just being bedridden. Right. Yeah, it was it was such a shock to the system. I mean, you know, how can this be? I, he's he was fine and and he was a stocky guy. He yeah. would uh, lift weights. He was, you know, kind of burly muscular and just never in our wildest dreams, you know. What in the world? Well, that's something that your parents get, like right. congestive heart failure. That right. wasn't something that you or anybody, you know, no. none of your spouses or none of your friends would get. Right. Congestive heart failure is something for old people. Mm-hmm. Or we, so we thought. Mm-hmm. And we hear so much about people who die young or whatever, but we never put ourselves in those places. No. Th- those not places. At all. We just don't. We, mm-hmm. we always think, well, that's not, that's all these other people. Yeah, that's, but that's not real. Hmm. That's not real to me, you know? And then when something like this happens, you're just, you're taken aback. Oh, definitely. Definitely. So you got the diagnosis that Mm -hmm. his heart was pumping at 10%. Mm -hmm. So take us along this journey. He, um, of course we were, you know, in and out of doctor's office and specialist and they did the heart cath and all those good tests, you know, and uh, put him on certain medicines and of course Lasix to keep the fluid off of him and, um, you know, just basically living with it. Um, a couple of years down the road, we had a um, appointment with his regular doctor and I said, I'll, I'll back up here a little bit, His, uh, we were at his heart doctor one day and the nurse took me aside and she said, Tammy, I, I want you to understand your husband is a very sick man. It, he's, he's serious. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and I'm like, was she saying that? Was she a drama queen right. and just trying to tell me that? Or was does she, she scare you? Yeah. Like what? It just, she think I'm just not taking it serious. Like what, what, you know? And I'm like, okay. And so then at his regular doctor, we're sitting there and I said, you know, I said, nobody's ever really told us anything um, like on life expectancy and all that. I said, what, what do you think? And he said, if nothing changes, five years or less. Oh, wow. It was like a punch in the stomach. I literally went, oh, yeah. And I looked down at the floor and I thought, oh, my God. Oh my God. And I quickly added up, oh my God, my son, our son will be a senior in high school and my daughter will be just out of high school. And oh my God, you're kidding me. You know, and I'm thinking I shouldn't have asked it, you know? Yeah. And I glanced up at my husband and he's just sitting there with this blank stare, you know, and I thought, oh God. And I had to go to a ball game. My mm-hmm. son was playing ball. Our daughter was out in the waiting room waiting on me. Oh. And I thought, okay, I've got to get it together. Get it together, <laughs> Tammy. You yes, know? Yeah. And, and I did. I pulled myself together. And he lived three more months. The After that f- appointment? Yes, yes. The five years or less was three months. Oh, my goodness. In hindsight... It was meant that I asked that. Yeah. You know, because he started talking about things and end of life stuff. And he was more involved with the kids. And it it was just. He was able to prepare. Meant to be. Where you all were able to. I mean, if there's a way of preparing yourself. Right. You were able to prepare in a way too. Yeah. So life kind of goes on with kids like you said you had a you had a, ba- a baseball game to go to afterwards yes. you had children that you know needed your care mm-hmm. um how hard was it to carry on knowing that diagnosis how hard was it to carry on like 
I mean, did the kids know? Did you tell the kids right away? Mm-mm. No, they didn't know, like, it could be that quick. Yeah, yeah I, well, I never... You didn't know it yeah, would be that quick. Yeah, I never shared that with him, them. They knew he wasn't good, wasn't well, but yeah, nothing to that magnitude, I don't think. Now, how old were they whenever he passed? My son was away, uh, a month away from being 13, oh, wow. and she was 15. Oh. So, a very critical yes. time too you yeah know, in their life so and he my husband was um 10 days away from his 42nd birthday oh wow so see i don't think as many years as i've known you i have never known this story mm-hmm. i always thought it was an accident oh okay i never mm-hmm. knew that it was due to a sickness mm-hmm. no i didn't either um you said that you know you, the kids knew knew that he was sick, but th- did they even even before they found out you know how how short of a time it was, how serious did they were they taking it? You know, I don't really know. Um, I don't know that they did. I think they just kind of went on with life, you know, and you're a teenager and you know doing the school stuff, and I think they just kind of thought Dad'll always be there. Yeah, that, you know, that's true. I we we feel invincible at that age, yeah, and we think everybody around us yeah. is too. And I can see how you know you have school, you have activities, mm-hmm. you have everything else, and yeah, you're worried about it, but there's so much other to distract you. Yeah, so. you're thinking that's down the road. That that's way down the road, you know, and um, yeah, I, I don't think it just really hit them till, wow that day well I started to say how did how did you tell them um I actually my mom did um I was called to the hospital they finally got a hold of me he collapsed at work okay oh, so, so he was still working yes he was still working it was a normal day we got up and he left for work that day and just you know normal morning and I get a phone call you need to get over there now mm-hmm. he had collapsed at work and they took him a few blocks away to the hospital, Heron Hospital. And um, I called, mom called me and she said, you come here and let me take you. Don't you drive. And I'm like, okay. So I went to her house. His best friend that he worked with pulls in. He was coming to get me. Oh. And he said, Tammy, j- just prepare yourself. That That's all he said. Wow. Just prepare yourself. And I'm looking at him like okay, what is going on, you know? And I pull up to the hospital, and my uncle that worked with him is standing on the outside of the building with his hands in his pocket looking down, and he looks up at me, and tears running, yeah. shaking his head no. And I looked at him, I went, no, no, no. And I ran in, you know, where's he at? And they were all lined up waiting on me, and they pointed to a room, and I ran in, and I thought, Oh my God, he needs air. I can right. tell. He, he need, and I thought when he hears my voice, yes, he'll come to himself and want to live, you know. And I hollered out his name, and it's just nothing. Wow. And my mom left me there at the hospital, and she said, "I will go get your kids and tell them." So she was the one that. Oh wow. That did it. Yeah. Oh. Tough. Um. Tough. So in the wake of everything that happened. You are processing a lot of emotions. You're processing a lot of craziness. Your Mm -hmm. emotions are probably all over the place. Mm -hmm. Probably a lot of peaks and valleys and just remembering good times and being just devastated at the same time. How was your support system? Um, 
you know, not overabundance, really. Um, I had my church family. Um, although the church didn't really, I don't think, rally behind me as much as what I thought they would. Right. You know? um, but we stayed in church, was not going to give that up. Um, I had my family, my friends. You find out who your friends are. <laughs> my best friends, though, stayed with me. Yeah. Nobody I knew had been through this. I started to say. I was out at, there alone. From the outside looking in, a lot of people were probably like, we don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. We don't know mm-hmm. how to, like, what right. if she starts crying? You like, don't. We don't know yeah. how to comfort. Yeah. And so that probably created some gaps, too. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. I'm sure. And. I feel like it's best to show up sometimes and say, what do you need done? I'm here to do something. Right. Yeah. You know, and some people did that and it was such a refreshing thing and such a blessing. They would come over and maybe one of his friends and see something that needed repaired and they just do it. Yeah. And I was like, Oh God, thank you God. (laughs) You know, (laughs) but yeah, none of my, none of my friends, none of my family had been through this. So I was just out there, you know, it was sink or swim, and I chose to swim. Yeah. But um, my friends always included me, even though they had their spouses and stuff, they included me. And Did the kids rebel any? Did they kind of choose to kind of run a little way, or did they, because you can see both sides. You can Mm -hmm. see where they run away because they're hurt. Or you can see where they rally behind mom because they know that you're doing, you know, that you're hurting. You yeah. Know? Yeah. We, they, they stayed, stayed good. I, I just, I have such good kids. I love, love my kids. And we <laughs> She beca- might be a little partial. Yeah. We became, we became so close to, it's just the three of us, you know, right. and we just did everything together and, and we all had our own grief. Yeah. And that was hard because I didn't know how to help them. They didn't know how to help me. Right. You know, I had lost a spouse. They had lost their, their dad, but part of them, the in-laws, they had lost a child. Right. You know, so we all had our own grief, and yet we were all grieving, you know. I, I tried not to show my kids too much grief in the fact that I didn't want them to think, oh, my gosh, mom's losing it, you know. <laughs> but I wanted them to see it. You know, yes. it's a natural part, of course, but... Um, but not to put off a feeling of hopelessness. Right, right. And that's, that's a tough line to walk, especially mm-hmm. when probably a lot of times hopelessness is exactly what you were feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of times I cried at night. Yeah, <laughs> in after bed. the kids. Yes, yeah. after they were in bed. And... So you brought up um, his family. So yeah. after he passed, how did his family accept you? Um, still did. I had been a part of their life all that time uh, in and out of the house for 18 years you know um that was their grandkids and everything so yeah we still stayed in touch we still visited i actually took care of my mother-in-law at the end of her life and yeah i helped them um get rid of the kid the the house the kids there at the end and everything so yeah wow so they it wasn't a matter of you're no longer in the family. Right. They really kind of wrapped you up in their mm-hmm. arms too. They did. Because you had something in common. Yes, we did. We so, did. That's excellent. How how long do you feel like you grieved? Oh, man. Um, I cried every day for eight months. Oh, wow. I mean, just yeah. 
every day a little bit, you know. And then I finally started getting to where I'd make it through a day, maybe with not squalling, you know. And uh, I knew the first year I wasn't going to do anything major, no major decisions, no major changes, nothing. Um, You grieve in in some way forever, I think. Yeah. You know, that it's was going to be my question. Are you still grieving a little bit? I, I, yeah. I, I, does it ever really go away? No, no. But it, it, I'm sure it turns into something different, though. It does. It's not sharp like right. it used to be. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's a bittersweet thing. You know, like when grandkids come along and stuff, right. you're thinking, oh, he would have loved that. I wished he could have seen him. And, you know. Well, and speaking of grandkids, do you do you see parts of him Yes. I mean, you do have two grand boys. <laughs> yes. Do you see parts of him in them? Sometimes, yes. Yeah. And actually, the first, uh, my first grandbaby is a girl, Lydia. She, for a while, even kind of favored him. Oh, wow. Yeah, I had different aspects of him. Yeah. You know, it was kind of neat. So, mm. so it's kind of yeah. like his legacy is still yeah. living on anyway. Yep. That's awesome. So when you, when, when all this transpired... And as time went by, did you notice any kind of long-term effects with your kids? Did you see them? I know you saw them grieve. You saw their mm-hmm. grief process. But long-term, like years down the road, had, can you point to things and say, I, I think this kind of resulted because of yeah. them losing their family? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do. Um, they may not always admit it. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I, I can see things that... Because that happened, yeah. you know, it has changed their life and the way they think or whatever. And my son has went through some things. And I know it's because of undealt with grief, grief yeah. from little 13-year-old boy yeah. that lost his dad. You know, and the, That he became the man of the house. Yes, yeah, and, and bless his heart, <laughs> I can think about it. And it just kills me because the first thing out of his mouth was... He'll never see me drive. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Because his sister was driving on a permit. Yeah. And that was important to him. Yeah. He'll never see me drive. Mm. And then I I was trying to fix a back door lock, like right after he died. And and Jacob ran over there with tools. I've got it, Mom. I got it. (laughs) You know, so he tried to be the man of the house and and help and, you know, kind of look after me. But, yeah, I can see things. You know, it, it... it changes you and sometimes for the good yeah. because you you look at life much differently. Oh, I'm sure you appreciate things way oh, more than what yeah. you did before. Yeah, yeah you I do. Can, live in the moment. Yeah, you do. Yeah. You just you just totally think about life differently. Yeah. You know, and, and I remember um you know some people think, "Oh, it's been years though." Yeah. Well, you know. Yeah. It can seem like yesterday sometimes, oh, you know. Oh, I'm sure. So, like you said, you know, it's, oh, it's been years. Mm-hmm. Well, how long did it take you? Um, how much time passed before you felt like you were ready for a new relationship? Hmm. You know, I finally dated someone three years later. Okay. Jacob was driving. <laughs> That's my youngest. So when he started driving and, you know, doing things, getting out of the house, then it became a little more lonely and I thought okay I might entertain it because I did not want to upset their world any more than it had been right I didn't want to bring in 
a new person. You never know how that's going to go. No. <laughs> Not I, that, until it no, happens. No, that yeah. could be so awkward. Yeah. And seeing mom with a new person. Yeah. And are you replacing dad? It, you know, right. and you don't replace a person, but that's hard to understand yeah. to a kid, too. So, yeah, it, it took a while, and yeah. I just was in no hurry, yeah. really. Well, and, you know, fast forward a few mm-hmm. years, and you did find I a, did. a man that passed the test, <laughs> and you are now... Now, re- let's be honest here. You made him take the test four or five times before he passed. I, I did, yes, I did. The poor you know. guy. <laughs> you kind of put him put him a little, through a little bit of a ringer. I, I did. I but did. he did surpass, and did. now you all have been married for how long? Getting ready to be 11 years. Wow. 11, yeah. 11 years. You know, yeah. we're not too far behind that. No, we, you're not. We're getting yeah, ready to celebrate. The same, our... like, general time, too, because yes. ours is yes. the 14th of March and yours is the 16th. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I think you're two years ahead of us. Uh-huh. So, um, but with having a husband who um, is now walking with you and is experiencing life with you, uh-huh. Um, and you were married for quite some time prior to your relationship right. with Randy, which is right. your now husband. Mm-hmm. Um, is he open to you talking about your past marriage, your previous marriage? He is. Um, I, I don't talk about it a lot, you know, I, yeah. I, I don't think that's necessarily fair to, to do it a lot, you know, but I, I have, um, he has grown through it and learned it. Two, you know, I was widowed for 10 years right. when I remarried, so it had been a long time. But that in grief <laughs> years, it's like yesterday. Yeah. You know, it's, it didn't seem like 10 years. And I remember him saying one time, my goodness, it's been 10 years. I thought we would kind of be moved past this, <laughs> you know, a little bit. And it's like, no, yeah. honey, it doesn't go away yeah, if you haven't experienced it you can't no. you, it, it's easy to see that from the outside you're like 10 years is a lifetime right you just, but what i think what he probably grew to understand was the time you had with your first husband that's who helped make you who you right. are so right. that's probably what makes him a lot more open to talk about that and just yeah. kind of because that's getting to know you mm-hmm. that that was part of you yes so. and hey we both have a past exactly <laughs> you know yours ended in divorce mine ended in death a little bit different the way it ended but we both have a previous story yes. uh, you know and it plays a part in that we and, know about that well and yeah. we have actually talked about that in our podcast uh-huh. that you have to be open to talk about those things yeah, yeah. but another thing that we have talked about is struggling to not compare mm-hmm. and how much of that has come into play since you've gotten remarried. You know, I am not a big comparison person. Um, there's actually no comparison uh. <laughs> in, in the two. Um, Brandy is totally different than um, Tim was. So yeah, I haven't really, I don't think we've struggled with that because I'm just not one to set and compare. Right. Um, I always tried to put, you know, Randy first and it's like, okay, you know, you're my life now and everything. We did. We we do live in the same house. We kept my house. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And so that was, I was wondering myself, can, yes. can I do this? Do, am I going to be okay with seeing a new person that the house that me and Tim, you right. know, bought and everything, but 
I, I got okay with it. Yeah. And I wanted to him, I wanted to make sure he felt at home and okay with it. Like, okay. Yeah, because that could be something that might yes. be extremely uncomfortable yeah. for him. Abs- you know, absolutely. Even after, you know, 10 years, mm-hmm. it, it's still the place where you built yes. memories with another man. So right. Yeah, right. I can understand yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. And we did look at different places. We considered it for a while and uh, couldn't find anything that just, you know, really suited all of our needs. And we thought, nope, we're staying here. It's okay. And um, so, yeah, I just, I made sure he had all his things and the mm-hmm. way he wanted it. And and I would ask him periodically, you know, yeah. are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. Uh, you And you've done remodeling. I know we've, yes, we've we have. heard stories of uh, living without <laughs> a, a kitchen for a little yes. while. And, oh, um, my. Yeah. And so it sounds like you're kind of making it your combined yes. place. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Actually added on a big master bedroom, so nice. totally different bedroom yeah. and everything. So yeah, that that helped. Very cool. Well, we definitely have loved hearing your story and you being able to tell your story. But really, I, what we always try and do with our listeners is kind of give them some advice, give them some tips. Mm-hmm. So coming from, and while we are admittedly not a faith-based podcast, we are both believers and yes. we have made sure that yes. we, we never hide that. We're not ashamed of that mm-hmm. in any way. And we know God played a big part in helping you through that grieving oh, process. Yeah. Um, in fact, you probably wouldn't have been ready in 20 years mm. had it not been for the healing oh, that, that my, you, yes. you got through through Christ. Right. And so, but as far as just practical tips, what would you say to someone who has just lost a spouse or maybe... And this is, you know, it's horrible to think about, but maybe they have, they're living with a spouse who has a diagnosis where Mm -hmm. it looks like it's not going well. Mm -hmm. You know, what kind of advice would you give them? Mm. Live in the moment. Um, And a biggie always tell people, try not to dread. You know, and I think this is just in life in general. I found that dread was far worse than the actual event most of the time. Mm. I, I would spend time dreading like Christmas coming up because mm-hmm. like oh my gosh Christmas we're going to be without him it's going to be the elephant in the room right. everybody knows everybody's missing him and you would just think about it and dread and get all upset and then it would come and I'd get through it God's grace is sufficient in the moment yeah stay that's, I love that. that that's great advice and I, I'm telling you what whether you're a believer or not that is great advice do not borrow trouble mm-hmm from tomorrow okay oh, yeah. because <laughs> any psychologist worth their money will tell you the same thing look there's yep. enough problems going on right now don't borrow trouble mm-hmm. don't don't sit there and worry yourself because all that does is going to create an ulcer yeah. oh, you don't need yeah. that no yeah no that's awesome advice well i really appreciate you coming on and oh, talking I've to us it. um you are uniquely qualified for this <laughs> position and um we are so happy that you joined us we hope that everybody enjoyed listening to it yeah. and um do you want to do our sign off yeah, we might as well all right so you can find us on um facebook at the prime marriage podcast (laughs) and then we also have a website primemarriagepodcast.com yeah and And you can get a hold of us as well Uh, we have a prime marriage pod at gmail.com any questions show ideas yes uh, anything like that and please give us a review rate and review review us on on um, 
mostly on Apple, Apple yeah. Podcasts. Go on there and give us reviews. It helps us get seen. It helps us get heard a little more often. We'll pop Share up more, it with some more friends. popular. If you, especially this episode, if you know someone who has experienced grief or, like Chris said earlier, has been given a diagnosis, make sure they hear this one. This yeah. one's going to mm-hmm. offer them a little bit of hope and maybe yeah. give them kind of a light to yeah. look to. There's life afterwards. Yes, you know? absolutely. So thank you all so much for joining us, Miss Tammy. Thank, I thank you. you so much. You're welcome. Yes, we thank really you. appreciate having you and you are our first guest. It's so, <laughs> exciting. Um, so thank you for joining us at Pride Marriage Podcast where we put marriage first. And it is only divisible by one. Bye guys. Bye.